Welcome to another episode of How to Sell Drugs, a podcast presented by Lucy. This show is about how drugs should be sold and about drug policy, drug culture, and the general experience associated with mind-altering substances. And today we have our guest, Will Clyden. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm excited to be here. And uh, would you give a kind of brief background uh, about how you kind of fit into the general theme I just described? <laughs> yeah. Um, so back in the 20, at the end of 2013, I was looking for CBD. Thought I had to get it at a dispensary. Um, popped in Google CBD search near me. Amazon banner popped up. I went, that's bizarre. How can you get CBD on Amazon? Clicked it, went to Amazon's website, ordered, showed up in my mailbox, and I went, wow, I guess it's legal, right? Amazon's fulfilling at this point. Um, did some due diligence, uh, found out that there were there was, there was a pre-2014 farm bill, so it had to be derived from stock and stem of non-domestic hemp. There's all these uh, loopholes, right? And that was the beginning of the CBD industry, essentially. Uh, I couldn't find a product that I wanted to take. It was all filled with uh, synthetic components and then no C of A. So let's back up for a second. Yep. Why were you looking for CBD in the first place? Great question. I was, uh, at that point, I was was doing like a reset. Uh, didn't have any caffeine, nicotine, alcohol, anything. Uh, wanted the anti-anxiety element uh, and also performance side uh, without the high. And so that was kind of the... Got it. So you were Internal looking for guidance. like kind of a overall health benefits in an anti kind of anxiety thing that wouldn't um, disturb my clarity. Okay, perfect. Yep. Okay. And so you went on Amazon, you found some, but it was crap. Wasn't good enough. Okay. What, what, what about it? Wasn't good. Yeah, enough. Yeah. So they, they, there was no transparency of ingredient sourcing. Um, it was, it was actually coming from Chinese hemp and filled with heavy metals, like toxic levels. Uh, I thought well, someone's got to be doing it properly, like clean label, and there wasn't. And so that was the impetus of, of starting it was, well, if no one's doing it and I want it, I want to I have something that I feel good taking and feel good giving to other people. Um, so that, that kicked off my journey down the rabbit hole. Okay. And so, so when did you uh, officially start the company? Uh, in 2014. Okay. Yep. And, and then... And that was... You started it in Ojai, or, or I how? did. Yep, okay. I'd, I'd found Ojai. Um, before that, I was studying uh, sustainable systems design, permaculture, um, and so started the company. Serendipitously met, met a chemist. <clears throat> he explained how he figured out how to solubilize cannabinoids, and I said, "That's cool. Um, can we do it certified organic? Because that's where I see the, the market heading, and that's what I want." Um, he said, no, I said, okay, let's crack that code. Mm -hmm. We did, uh, which I then went to the number one biotech and IP firm globally, uh, and started developing patents, patented that, and then did a whole patent portfolio with them since 2014, before most people even knew what CBD was. And when you say organically solubilizing yep. the CBD, uh, for someone who's not a chemist, what do you mean by that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um. <clears throat> One was certified organic, right? So you could have the, the certified organic, which it was a whole other rabbit hole. But uh, two is not using anything synthetic or synthetically modified. Because once you go to solubilization, uh, even in like a, a mayonnaise, for example, th th those are nanoparticulates. Uh, and 
when you go to nanoscale, it's a whole other universe of, of, of necessity to have, um, to not put synthetics in essentially. Our bodies at macro scale, when we eat a synthetic or a synthetically modified compound, for example, like PEG, P-E-G, um, it doesn't, it says it's not bio, it doesn't recognize it and flushes it out. And that's why PEG is used for Miralax, right? Mm-hmm. The body doesn't want to put it in because it can't uh, recognize it. And so when you take it to nanoscale, you're, you're sneaking it past the gatekeeper and you're not only getting it into the blood, but you're getting it into the cellular tissue. And there's a plethora of data demonstrating how they're from it breaking into antifreeze at a cellular level and becoming mutagenic uh, to popping air bubbles in the spleen and the liver, a whole skew of, of uh, things that I don't think most people want to do. And they, most people don't want to eat nanosynthetics, right? So, so yeah, so these negative symptoms are associated with nano uh, or, or uh, synthetic material that could right. be used to solubilize CBD. But you wanted to use something that was clean. Clean, and you define clean as a naturally occurring chemical? or how Yeah, do you- so we use only certified organic plants. We're not using anything that's synthetically tweaked. Uh, it's it's uh, g- nature with innovation. So like one, our tagline is ancient roots, modern innovation. So we're, we're maintaining uh, safety at nano, because with nano comes responsibility. Uh, and our bodies use nanotech every day, right? So when you eat a regular CBD oil, your body actually, it, it, because it's fat soluble, it won't. Once it's in the blood, it can go anywhere. But but until it gets into the blood, the body we've evolved having gatekeepers to prevent fat soluble compounds from making it in easily. So basically, it, it sits in the in the stomach. That's when the liver would act on it, either flush it out or let it in. What, what happens when it's in the stomach? It can't get past this this thing called the mucosa layer, right? There's a water layer, and the body, excuse me, uh, creates bile which then nano encapsulates it as a surfactant the bile has surfactants nano encapsulates it and then it can get past the water layer got it and so i it's i think that that the point about the liver is particularly important it sounds like from some previous conversations we had because if you consume a bunch of cbd that's uh not solubilized that the liver will process it such that um it's no longer uh, the same chemical or no longer active so the effective dose needs to be immensely higher, which yep. seems to be problematic because CBD is you know, somewhat expensive, expensive. And so... And oily. And, <laughs> and so um, rather than drinking a larger volume of uh, expensive oil, yep. what you have done is you've encapsulated it in these certified organic naturally occurring chemicals, and so you can take a smaller dose and feel a larger effect. Is that and, and actually, yeah, correct. And so, yeah, and, well, so... The, the outcome yeah liver it's not just the liver it's degraded by the stomach acid as well um doesn't make it inactive there's some metabolites that are that are less active but it's it's primarily just it's it we're inefficient at it right and so it's not some of the liver destroys it um that's from enzymes but then also it degrades while it's sitting in the stomach acid and it, and it takes about 30 minutes for it to actually get into the bloodstream Whereas with our process, we do what the body does. But so the second that it touches the mucosa membrane, the body thinks of it as water. It uptakes it, diffuses out of the water uh, layer as a fat. And then most users feel the benefits in sub-30 seconds. Wow. So, so it, it, in so, addition to a smaller effective dose, it's also faster. Correct. Do you have a comparison, like back of the envelope, for like how 
much of your product uh, of CBD would be needed versus yep. kind of one yeah, that's not encapsulated. Yeah, so so um, we, we, we've uh, we're going to be running full extensive human PKs, but they're uh, fat-based compounds that are ligand targeting, which basically things like cannabinoids. Uh, the, the 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 study of bioavailability is called pharmacokinetics. Um, curcuminoids are almost identical in terms of their pk when you look at them in humans and so when you eat a regular curcuminoid it's about a six to ten percent absorption at best when you eat regular cbd it's a six to or cannabinoid six to ten percent absorption at best sure you do a liposomal encapsulation which is another way of encapsulating it's inferior for fat soluble compounds like cannabinoids or curcuminoids um, you get about an 8x PK. So they would line up apples to apples. Uh, our methodology with curcuminoids has been shown to be over 128x. Uh, and then we've used those data points with, with practitioners and doctors that we work with. They've aggregated the data, and they're getting the benefit responses at, at over 100x bioavailability increase. So one milligram acts like more like 100 milligrams of a regular CBD. Why initially do it with curcumin at all? Just because it's easier to plug into some existing studies yeah, and you don't have to deal data. with this. They basically, they, they play the same way. Sure. Um, okay. Well, um, so that's that's really awesome. And then and we've done it uh, benchtop. Like we've seen experiments w with, with other cannabinoids where there's notable visceral responses uh and where 0.3 milligrams of it the user feels very viscerally in 30 seconds and so the, the data lines up there too okay so how many products do you guys have now uh right now we've got a, a basically a three skew on our consumer products division mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> we also have our powered by kind of like the intel in, inside so the parent company is like an ip holdings co mm -hmm. um and, and our ip ranges from uh, the, the solubilization, which includes synthetic methods. We just don't do them. Uh, we've got all fluidic encapsulation of cannabinoids that that patent issued uh, and then backed by by uh, uh, WSGR or Wilson Sonsini, who are the number one biotech IP attorneys globally. Um, and then all the way to making supercapacitor batteries and graphene out of our hemp waste. and. and and then in between, so the disease for biotech divisions, and also we figured out the Narcan of THC intoxication. So all that's all that IP is in the Parent Holding Co. And then we're doing like a wheel and spoke, where the subdivisions license tech and some, including our consumer packaged goods division. So we've got the the three product SKUs, which we're expanding, and then our powered by, and we're in R and D with some of the biggest beverage companies on the planet. Uh, uh, so it, it's exciting. That's very exciting, yeah. and that's a lot of stuff. So let me try to unpack that to make sure I understood everything. Yep. So let's start with just the three SKU consumer-facing. Yep. What are those? Yep, so you got the Super CBD, which is our elixir. Okay. Uh, you can drop it into water. It'll be perfect homogenized solubility immediately. Um, and then our sports gel, which contains the water-soluble tech with other functional uh, herbs, and it's... Uh, an amazing topical um, and then our coconut which is fat based uh, more for supplemental but it has great dermal applications so for cannabinoids fat based formulations are great for the skin water based has uh, extended bioavailability and, and different benefits but you do want some fat based formulations for skin for certain types of things 
So we have that as more of a supplemental because it's nowhere near bioavailable enough to properly end like engage the user's endocannabinoid system from an internal perspective. But you can use it supplementally that way. You can put it in your coffee. It's like a, it's like, uh, like, uh, but primarily used for, uh, for topicals where we see the most value added there. Gotcha. Yeah, I, uh, my wife's grandmother has. Um, used cbd for her arthritis yep. uh, successfully before and uh and uh is a big fan yeah. so i uh i as soon as i get injured i just i try to avoid getting injured in the first place Wise. But, um i i plan to try it but um so it's also good for you to optimize so from from a like a nutrition my my, my view is that in hypothesis uh is is cannabinoids are micronutrients um, they've actually been part of the diet for millennia through direct consumption so the oldest uh, printed cookbook on the planet contains a recipe for cooking with cannabis it's a roman cookbook uh, but before that starting from pre pre-neolithic evidence all the way to agricultural starting in china then the scythians took it from china brought it anywhere they went the steppe people brought it through the silk road genghis khan brought cuts of cannabis the um, Polynesians took it where they went. Genghis Khan didn't strike me as a particularly chill dude. Are you sure he was consuming <laughs> cannabis? Well, so it's fascinating. Is it? so, so the Maybe the bioavailability people, wasn't good enough for him. Right. Um, the, uh, the, the step, well, well, actually, so we, uh, step people were so successful like, like Genghis Khan because they were able, they, they basically, they got their, 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 they drank the horse milk. Mm. Right. And they were bringing cannabis with them. So the, ca the, ha the the horses would have been eating the cannabis, too. And they would be getting cannabinoid intake that way. Also, they had direct consumption smoke. The Scythians, we have direct uh -huh. evidence of them smoking. Uh, so they just found like Scythian THC resin, uh, basically massive free base burners. Wow. Uh, so bioavailability from from combusting cannabinoids is substantially higher than ingesting it fat. Uh, solubilizing makes it even better. But um, yeah, so then the Scythians brought it to the Romans, the Romans brought it to the Brits, the Brits brought it anywhere they colonized, and we had this uninterrupted dietary intake of cannabinoids, primarily from feeding it to the animals and then eating the animals and their byproducts, uh, but also through direct consumption, as seen in like that Ro Roman cookbook and, and, and historical evidence. But uh, there's a prelim, uh, limited data, and we're going to get more data because we, we, we're, we're passing a bill in California to, to let it be used for animal feed next. We, we, so I can request um, cannabis-fed steak. Correct. We're working on it, um, and nice. you can you can get it in Colorado. So Colorado did a, uh, a prelim. They found that the CBD content of hemp-fed chickens was up to one percent CBD per egg. We're, that's what we're talking about like two hundred and fifty milligrams of CBD per egg, which is substantial, right? Uh, oh, yeah. And so. The, the the majority of evidence shows that to the minimum amount, and Israel's been doing the studies for decades, so when people say it hasn't been studied, that's the U.S. that wasn't studying it, but the rest of the world was. Uh, it's one of the most studied compounds, period. But um, the, uh, the, the strong data indicates that you really need 500 milligrams of a fat-based equivalent, CBD, bare minimum to properly engage the endocannabinoid system. Um, Got it. And so while we're there, yep. uh, you previously described for me the mechanism of CBD and how it affects some natural uh, endocannabinoid um, process within the body. Can you can you uh, describe yeah. that again? Yeah. Uh, so when you eat CBD, it, it one of the mechanisms of action is is, is that 
it decreases this enzyme called FAAH, and that enzyme destroys our body's natural cannabinoid, which, uh, one of them, which is called anandamide. Anandamide was named after uh, the Sanskrit word for bliss, ananda. So we produce two endogenously that we know of, one anandamide, the other one's called 2-AG, less sexy. Um, and there's likely more, we just haven't discovered them yet, right? Um, but uh, our body, the, mechani- the reason why, the, what the endocannabinoid system does is it's like the conductor for the body symphony. Uh, it, it, it's, it's making sure that there's homeostatic balance in the entire body. And homeostasis means that it's, everything's firing it at the right levels at the right time and so everything's working in balance. And, and one of the things, ways that it does that is by buffering oxidative stress. And so when you have a, a stress event, the body deploys the anandamide and the cannabinoids internally to try and buffer as anti- their antioxidants, buffer the oxidation. Um, and then simultaneously what happens is when you have a stress event, FAH increases. FAH destroys anandamide. And so there's, if you not, what CBD does is it naturally lowers and modulates. It's an adaptogen. Uh, but it lowers FAAH to increase the half-life of the anandamide circulating in the body. And so that gets us out of this negative feedback loop, whereas if you don't have this phytocannabinoid supplementation and dietary intake, uh, you, the, the body's basically operating on a negative feedback loop with a stress event, limited amount of production of anandamide, and then it just kind of gets stuck. And, and that's why people, when they get a proper loading dose and proper dosage of, of a full-spectrum uh, a high CBD full spectrum and just way more effective than just CBD by itself. It's like the trumpet versus the symphony orchestra. When you say full spectrum, what does that mean? Yeah, it basically means all the, so the plant's producing over 418 compounds and that's what looking at a historical consumption when you grow a vegetable, it was the most ubiquitously grown plant, right? Vegetable, feed it to the animals, get it that way. You're getting all of them. Uh, you're actually decarboxylating it when you cook the, the animals, which is interesting. But, um, you're getting way more than just CBD. So CBD by itself is one compound out of over 418. Uh, so that's like the trumpet section. And what but are these other compounds? There's other doing? cannabinoids like uh, CBC, CBG, trace amounts of THC, or THCA, CBDA, CBDV, THCV, uh, CBN. Th- terpenes there's o- as well? Or? Terpenes, bioflavonoids, enzymes, waxes. Um, so uh, basically, uh, like... Uh, the CBD by itself is just the trumpets, whereas the full spectrum would be the entire symphony orchestra with the trumpets. And then they have like direct agonization. There's a cascading interaction uh, of events that pr- to properly nourish your endocannabinoid system. And so how do you extract those 418 chemicals? Uh, there's actually uh, over four, but yeah. Um, away and have those. And have just isolate. Right, right. Yeah, so uh, the process, the primarily used processes you would you would distill it through you can do co2 extract and then further process uh that and then purge it into into using hexane so industrial solvents um when done properly you can do it fairly clean uh most players in the space are not doing it properly there's a lot of bathtub players um and so hexane evaporates a, a lot if my organic chemistry uh, serves. Correct. So if you purge it, right? And so, so doing it properly would be spending the time to vacuum, basically... Vacuum, you know, purge, and clean it out. Gotcha. Okay. Right. But there's still going to be some trace residues. And now you can do it. There's, there's people in Switzerland who have figured out a, a, a non-hexane isolate play. Um, 
isolate's kind of sexy in a way, like like from a trend standpoint. But then isolate the, of just CBD, right? Yeah, it, it's white powder. Uh, okay. Right. Um, uh, but it really is nowhere near as as effective or functional than CBD with everything else. Gotcha. And so the guy who discovered the endocannabinoid system, Dr. Raphael Mukalam, uh, he, he he tested isolate and he tested full spectrum and he went, whoa. It's a major difference, full spectrum, substantially more effective. And so he coined it the entourage effect, right? You need the entourage of all the other particles and, and cannabinoids and terpenes and bioflavonoids to properly feed the system. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's super helpful. And then I think you also contrasted that with um, THC because CBD has more of this indirect effect, I guess, by buffering FAAH activity, whereas THC, yeah. I think you said, uh, bound it was a direct agonist yes. to something. Yep. So uh, and and CBD does directly agonize some things like uh, TRVP one receptors or vanilloid receptors, which are responsible for uh, pain response as well as uh, thermal regulation. So like mm-hmm. temperature response. Mm-hmm. Um, but THC is basically the endogenous equivalent of anandamide. So anandamide is our body's natural THC. Mm-hmm. It binds to CB1 receptors mm-hmm. and THC also binds to CB1 receptors. Mm-hmm. And so that's what creates the, uh, that's how the endocannabinoid system was discovered, right? Was mm-hmm. people were getting, you can get high and intoxicated uh, through THC. And then there, there had to be something in the body that fit with it. And that led to the discovery. Um, so CBD increases the anandamide. So it further can target the CB1 receptors longer, whereas THC replaces uh, anandamide in that binding site for CB1, and that's what creates uh, the intoxication. It also binds to a serotonin receptor, the same serotonin receptor that DMT, psilocybin, and LSD target. Mm -hmm. And so they're actually finding that they'll couple together. So that's like the psychedelic edge of THC Mm -hmm. is the serotonin receptor targeting, Mm. whereas CB1 is kind of the stoned feeling. Mm. Um, So it's not just CB1, but... uh, yeah, so THC is is like our body's internal equivalent, but slightly different. And that's what, what because we're, um, we have more oxidative stress than ever, ever before, people artificially remove the cannabinoids from the diet, from prohibitions. We're in this endocannabinoid deficiency, essentially. And so when you hit CB1 with THC, but then the anandamide's not, there's not enough to really recalibrate the system, that's what causes like the stoned over effect, the short-term memory loss. Most likely that's the hypothesis is, is that um, these, these issues. And so when studied THC taken in conjunction with CBD, the CBD buffered out these negative effects. It also had an antipsychotic element. And so it recalibrated the system and kind of got rid of the, the, uh, the downside uh, of, of THC. So if you take a high amount of CBD in the morning, you're resetting your endocannabinoid system, gets rid of the brain fog um, so that you don't get as affected negatively by THC. Got it. So you're saying you would recommend if someone is a user. frequent THC user, likely in the evenings, um, then they should supplement with a large dose of An effective CBD. dose of CBD, yep. Regular Both when they're taking it or in the morning? Uh, next morning, right? Next morning. Cycle through it. Uh, okay. If you take CBD beforehand, because it increases the anandamide levels, it actually can, uh, one of the mechanisms of action is it can like prime the receptors. So then when the THC hits, you could actually get higher. Hmm. Uh, so if you preload, uh, it can bring you up more. Hmm. And then post, it recalibrates during 
the CBD has its own analytic effects, so anti-anxiety effects, mm-hmm. but also um, will bind and, and antagonize to a different receptor site on the serotonin spot mm-hmm. and shut down the THC's action on that um, psychedelic edge. So it gets rid of the psychedelic edge. Uh, hmm. And so that's why it's that's half of our uh, antidote patent. Got it. Well, then let's let's talk about that. Okay. So when you say Narcan for THC, uh, for those who may not be familiar, Narcan is a drug that is given to people uh, typically when they are uh, suspected to be or are in an overdose uh, of opiate overdose. And so, uh, a frequent issue or bug with THC consumption is. Uh, you might take too much, and then you're stuck feeling miserable uh, for potentially hours. <laughs> uh, happens, you know, uh, often with people who take edibles who then don't think it's working, and then you know eat more, and then all of a sudden you're in for six hours of of you know an existential crisis or, or whatever it is. <laughs> or you so, think you're dead. <laughs> you're actually exactly. perfectly safe for the most part. Exactly. Well, and then there's a lot of emergency room visits because people. Uh, believe that they are in danger, even even if they're not, and so it's very uncomfortable. And then they give them benzos, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> which creates a real potential issue, right? Right, because right. yeah. those are the very addictive substance. Um, and so, the Narcan. So the idea is like if you could give someone something that would snap them out of uh, a THC overdose, uh, if you know, for lack of a better term, uh, that would be great. And, and you say that you have that. Yep. Yep. So. Uh, it's also uh, useful, like if, if if kids accidentally get into an edible, right? So all the downsides of, of legalization, the only critique points, right? It's substantially safer than alcohol and and, and tobacco, smoking tobacco, right? Uh, but it, there's there's really the only points where people could argue against uh, the ending of the prohibition, which thankfully is is ending, right? Uh, would be uh, overdose intoxication and and accidental intoxication. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this solves it, right? It, 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 uh, it gets rid of that uh, risk factor. It also adds a safety net for even people who like are, are curious of, 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 of ent- expl- can of curious people, right? If they know that there's a safety net, then they're going to be uh, feel much better, and then the set setting is going to be uh, better as well. But basically, CBD is half of it, and then the other half is this compound called pregnenolone, uh, which is a neurosteroid. And we as humans, because we've co-evolved with this plant, uh, have this built-in mechanism that if it is possible to smoke yourself unstoned, you're still going to be, without the, without the nar- Narcan or, or eat, um, you'd still have a psychedelic edge. But if it, basically if there's way too much activity on, on CB1, the brain will flood itself with this compound called pregnenolone, which binds to a different receptor site on the on the CB1 and shuts off the THC activity. And so uh, it wouldn't stop the, the THC from agonizing the serotonin receptors, but it would shut off the stone effect. So that's what we figured out is by adding the CBD targeting and figuring out how to get pregnenolone effectively into the brain, because if you just eat it regularly, it, once it hits blood, it's it's not going to make it to the brain. It's going to transform into other compounds before it makes it to the brain. So we've got we figured out how to encapsulate it, and we have the IP. Not just it's not a utility. It's not limited to just the antidote. It actually has a lot of other uses, from um, from a biotech perspective, like for concussions and stuff like that. But it uh, this 
formula is works within about five minutes sublingually. We I baited it at Burning Man, um, <laughs> and then subsequently okay. tested it on. Uh, we've tested on multiple individuals, including a L.A. County cannabis enforcement uh, individual who we saw in Sacramento. Uh, he came up and he went, "The stuff works. Uh, I want to. I, I want a mandate for dispensaries to carry." Talked to the dispensary lobby there for it right it gets rid of the that PR it's also more products to sell um, so yeah we've we've uh, effectively it's within five minutes we actually just did a test on one of our our new employees <laughs> <laughs> and they had not uh, they volunteered I hope they did okay. um, yeah that was very very uh, voluntary um, but but uh, within five minutes um, they were back wow um, it's cool so when is that going to be commercially available? We are looking at different pathways of, of, of moving it to commercial scale. We want to do it as a nasal spray. Like if someone's in, like completely incapacitated, uh, it's hard to get them to hold something sublingually. Um, and so uh, we're looking at OTC pathways, licensing to a company that's that can just take it, distribute it. We've already got the bills uh, and uh, preliminary bills proposed to different members of the Assembly and Senate with, with support. Uh, people who wrote the Narcan bill for California are interested uh, in, in supporting it. Um, so that's going to be, that's what we're figuring out right now. Uh, is what's the best way to get it? Because really you should have EMTs having it mm -hmm. uh, because instead of wasting their time as well as create like holding space in hospitals where people think they're dead, but they're totally safe. Yeah. There's people who really are in actual Danger, dangerous yeah. situations. Yeah. Uh, so this would eliminate that if they could administer and, so yeah, it's exciting. That is exciting. Well, that's yeah. It's gonna help a, a lot of people. Yeah, I uh, I would be interested in demoing that. Sometime. I'll get you a sample. Okay, thank you. Um, and then so so this just kind of opens the door to like a number of different applications for CBD and other cannabinoids for a, a ton of different effects. You mentioned you know concussions. You also started to mention uh, before we started recording flow state for athletes. Yes. So. And, 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 and professionals, right? Sure. Uh, yeah. So flow is the, 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 what flow means is people talk about the zone. Uh, it's actually, um, a, a highly studied state, uh, of, of human function and there, there's neurochemistry behind it. Uh, and one of the main neurochemicals associated with flow state um, is anandamide, which is our internal uh, cannabinoid, right? One of them. And so people have reported uh, using cannabis to enhance their flow. Um, and that led us to kind of discuss. Yeah. Is that why like uh, extreme sports athletes and like, you know, including like surfers and stuff, is that why you think that there tends to be a cannabis culture? And the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, okay. For sure. Well, for for a multitude of reasons, uh, like for for uh, for the body as well for recovery and stuff like that. Uh, but but um, no doubt. And so that was it's long been kind of looked at, but never really formally studied. So uh, we've partnered with uh, the leading researcher in flow flow research, Stephen Kotler, who's now uh, on our advisory board. He's multi New York Times bestseller for like Stealing Fire. Rise of Superman, Road yeah. Abundance with Peter Diamantes. Yep, yeah. read, um, read two of the three of those. Uh, and, 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 
to to study the the relationship with cannabinoids and flow state and the potential there um and so we we uh we're working with uh pro surfers and other athletes and we've got a d different uh clinicals that we're designing to demonstrate that and test does this uh the cbd at, at an effective dosage range uh enhance or impact the uh, the flow state whether the ease of getting into it range, ranging to how long can you extend the flow state got it yeah so that you i think you anticipated my question because i guess like what is the best case scenario because it's not like i'm going to wake up in the morning and then take this and then be in a flow state all day because um you know it seems like the flow state is like certainly like an ideal place to be if you're doing a specific activity but um i think it would probably be difficult to to permanently exist in a flow state unless you're you like can't. the Dalai Lama or something. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, or, or someone, the closest to it, so, so it would be someone who's manic always with no depression, just always manic. It just can't be good for the body. It, it, um, or you it, become like a, a, a dictator or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I've met one person who, who, uh, who, is, who says they're constantly in mania. Like they, they, they sleep three hours, they're always on. They're loud. They, they're high performer. Um, well, fascinating. But but basically, flow is every single. So anandamide is like the THC is the external version of, of our internal THC anandamide, right? Uh, neuropronephrine would be speed, uh, and dopamine would be coke, uh, and then uh, oxytocin is a little weird, but. But essentially, flow state neurochemically is is, is a combination of a, a neurochemical cocktail of all of the feel good chemicals that our body can produce at, ex at 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 high levels. And so there's 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 something called the flow cycle. So there's the preload, uh, and then release phase. Then you get into flow, and then there's the recovery phase. So you certainly do not always want to be there. You have to recover. Uh, one of one of Stephen's lines is, "Don't trust the dopamine." Right? You, you can be uh, dopamine makes us overconfident um, can be great right for performance and all of these things but you want to have a built-in counterbalance to then look at the uh, the insights that you've gathered in, a, in, uh, in high dopamine states and then suss them out when you're when you don't have that much dopamine and so uh, what it does the, the endocannabinoid system actually regulates the endocrine system which is the the neurochemical signaling system of the body um, and chemical system. Uh, and, and so CBD is the high CBD, low THC, full spectrum is not just useful for getting into flow, uh, for my personal and other uh, athletes who we work with their experience, but also on the recovery phase and all elements. It's really, you're feeding the system that is the conductor of the body and it, and, and they're adaptogenic. So, so it can, can help with the rebalancing period versus the, the flow period. Um, but flow is useful for performance, right? So Deloitte hired Steven uh, and, 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 and they looked at what, what uh, performance of, of executives at so the C-suite who were in flow, uh, two days of work in flow state was the equivalent productivity and performance of five days of work if they're not in flow. Wow. So, so substantial impl implications of, of, of uh, performance when you, when you get into flow. And so is the, is the hope that, um, there would either be CBD or CBD plus some cocktail of other cannabinoids or terpenes. Yeah, we're definitely this? on the terpene front. Um, definitely, definitely a full spectrum of cannabinoids, uh, 
we're, we're going to test that too of CBD broad spectrum. So broad, when you hear broad spectrum, it, it, it it's, it's basically a full spectrum, uh, but with THC removed or mm-hmm. less of the, right. Um, if there's a difference of having that trace THC, there may be some, there's definitely other needs of, of keeping trace THC below psychoactive levels from, uh, from, from, uh, biological and, and, and nourishing the endocannabinoid system, but from how it relates to flow, we don't know. That's, we're going to test that as well. Um, but there's, there's the, the hippie hack for flow, which, which was, you would basically, you'd, you'd, you'd exercise for about t- moderate exercise for 25 minutes. Um, that, that stimulates uh, uh, this thing called uh, transient hypofrontality, which means temporary uh, lack of blood flow in the prefrontal cortex. Mm-hmm. And that's what's associated with flow. Oftentimes flow, like when, when you're in the zone and you're in flow, there's a, your sense of self kind of dissipates mm-hmm. uh, and, and time dilates. And mm-hmm. You can also have out of body. It's just called the watchtower effect. That's what that phenomena is. That part of the brain loses blood flow temporarily. So there's something called exercise-induced transient hypofrontality. So if you notice when you're walking in nature and you're having like a brisk walk, by the end of it, all of a sudden, you can be like, wow, time, time just like dilated and you're feeling more at one with things. So, so you do that to, to activate that, which is, which is a, a component of flow. And then you take a shot of espresso, which spikes the stress, uh, neuropronephrine and or cortisol. We don't know if it's neuropronephrine or cortisol, which is on the, the front end of flow, but it's one of. Um, uh, and oftentimes for flow, like when you're about to get in the zone, stress I- increases. So you feel this. You need that stress response to kick into gear and get into flow. So you simulate that with a shot of espresso. And then the old school way would be for people to smoke a sativa joint. Uh, sativa is important, we think, because that contains high amounts of t- typically limonene and pinene, which would uh, direct the cannabinoids to go towards uh, dopamine receptors. And, 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 and so that's the thesis of why sativa, not indica. That's uh, likely or hypothesis. Is, is that's likely why, because ter- terpenes direct the cannabinoids to where they go in the body. Um, so you can actually, the difference between an indica strain, which is sedative versus a sativa, which is more cerebral, it's not the minor cannabinoids, it's the terpenes. And how, how well understood is it, uh, the mechanism for how the terpenes direct? Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's pre preliminary terpenes are well understood in terms of, there's still a lot to unpack there, but, but they're well documented of where they go in the body, what they do in their functions. Uh, the leading researcher on terpenes and cannabinoids is Dr. Michelle Sexton. Um, I was walking, uh, I was at Inflow in um, years ago in, in 2015 um, and had this insight because I was wondering why different strains uh, when smoked or vaped had viscerally different re- effects in the body, uh, notably, right? But the, when you look at the biochemistry of it, they're the same cannabinoids. There's not a difference in the, in the minor cannabinoids or, the, or THC or CBD. But when eaten, like if people eat a cookie, a cookie's a cookie. People can brand sativa cookies and indica cookies, but reality is it, it affects the same way. And so what that means is that the, what I saw was that, that the terpenes are not bio, they're even less bioavailable. And, and that's what it is. They're less bioavailable than cannabinoids and their primary modality of action is via inhalation through olfactory system 
and then it crosses blood it crosses into hypothalamus and deploys out of the body so when you're vaporizing or smoking whether it's cbd or thc you're getting the terpenes in a bioactive form the bioavailability is there for the cannabinoids they've crossed blood brain through it through inhalation and they sync up and they're like and i had this image of of cannabinoids being like little tugboats or terpenes being like little tugboats to the cannabinoids and, and directing them to the payload sites that they were going to. Uh, so I called her, the leading researcher, and she said that's exactly the, the, the data that they're getting, is that terpenes are bio-rudders or little tugboats to cannabinoids, um, which, which is an, another unique thing with our ter- uh, technology is because ours gets in immediately, you can actually smell terpenes at the right, and the timing syncs up, and you can literally custom curate effect on the spot. It will, like if you take the elixir, smell an orange, it's going to be much more uplifting, and then you can uh, next second take it, smell something with high myrosine, redose, smell an essential oil of like oregano or thyme, um, and and you will viscerally shift into a more sedation of a state, and so you can custom curate moods. Um, do you do that? Ta- do you do tech. that yourself? Frequently? I do. Yeah, you can walk. Uh, it's it's if I so basically the endocannabinoid system operates in in like triage. So what it's doing is it's monitoring the systems that it thinks are most in need of the cannabinoids and it prioritizes those systems. And Mm -hmm. sometimes what we want doesn't align with what our body wants for overall balance. And so you can essentially hijack that system, hack it, and then bring a system that you want to the top of the list Mm -hmm. using essential oils or terpenes. But it won't do it in a way that throws you out of homeostasis, but you can reprioritize. So like if I'm... I've been like jamming for a week and I have been traveling and like I've got a meeting in the morning and, and, and my body goes, no, you really need to slow down and go to recovery mode. I can smell peppermint and, and lemon, take the CBD and, and instead of it modulating me to being more, you know, uh, tired, I can f- actually have it so that it's energizing and target adenosine receptors and is that frequently the uh, is that frequently the use that you find for it? I mean, what, what do you typically um, what do you typically do yourself? Yeah, uh, sleep and basically up and up or down. Mm-hmm. Uh, occasionally recovery, but the body tends to prioritize uh, like exercise recovery pretty top. Um, those are the primary modulators I use. But okay. but we have the IP for for targeting payload deliveries to target particular even even on epigenetic signaling. Um, <laughs> so we could, uh, uh, yeah, uh, target someone's thyroid receptors on our biotech division uh, mm. and, and have the cannabinoids go to the CB receptors of the thyroid with particular terpenes that, that go to thyroid. And so that's that, that's a whole area that we're going to be are, uh, testing out. And that would help with, like, hypo or hyperthyroidism, presumably? Uh, yeah, from a non-supplement for our biotech division, yes. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's really interesting. Um Let's let's also talk about um, some of the cannabinoids. It's also useful for entertainment too. <laughs> <laughs> right? like, um, Just to watch the different reactions from people. Yeah, you know? I'd see them ch- viscerally change their mood on the spot. It's it's like it's profound. Very few. The unique with our tech is that you legitimately feel it pretty much immediately, which uh-huh. is un- unusual. Um, and then to have them be able to custom curate. And so we have IP for AR VR conjunction of cannabinoids mm-hmm. for therapeutics, but also for entertainment. So you can uh, imagine like you're in a VR experience, go to a particular mode or AR to have the terpenes deploy. And we could have a transdermal applicator uh, and then like a wearable. It's another piece of art we have, but um, mm-hmm. where basically you could sync up biochemical mood states with entertainment 
or functional uh, VR AR landscapes. Got it. You sh- you should come out with a bunch of like colognes or something, and then functional know. scents. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That would be sweet. Um, okay, yeah, your, your mood for the day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also just at the forefront um, of just endocannabinoids and, and cannabinoid research in general. You know, we've talked a little bit. There's some cannabinoids that uh, people believe that are present in very, very small amounts that have been hard to isolate yep. uh, historically. Yep. Can work for focus or weight loss or things like that. Um, how do you what, how do you feel about that? Yeah, uh, yeah. so basically we're, we're just scratching the surface in terms of research. I would say that for really any field in reality. Um, but uh, cannabinoids have been incredibly well studied for decades. Um, but there's so many cannabinoids, right? There's a lot more research to be done. The main studied ones are CBD and, and, and THC. And then there's preliminary studies on the minors, right? Uh, one of which for weight loss, for example, would be THCV. Uh, it's not a tetrahydrocannabidiol. It's, it's different. Um, and it it's has an agonistic antagonistic response at low dosage to CB1 and and the CB1 system is is, is related to uh, hunger modulation hence the munchies right with regular THC this actually can get rid of the munchies and and, and decrease appetite so it's it's of high interest uh, from a diet perspective at high dosages it can be incredibly psychedelic mm-hmm. uh, and somewhat disassociative Hmm. So there's, it's going to go probably down a pharma route for that. But um, the, the CBC has been shown for dopamine increasing. There's, mm-hmm. there's a ton of, a ton to be learned. Wow. And, and it's, it's also interesting going the route of, um, you know, you, you, we spoke before natural chemicals versus the synthetic chemicals because there's this famous example of the. Um, it was uh, what was it was I believe it was a, supposed to be a the, weight loss the, drug. The, well, yeah, uh, oh, it's, it's re, 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 yeah, yeah. It started with an, with an R, and it ended up killing people Correct. in clinical trials because it it bound, I guess, too tightly to some of these endocannabinoid receptors, and um, and so it wasn't uh, it wasn't kind of playing this natural kind of buffering uh, activity. It was it was just it was too synthetic, too tightly bound was the belief i guess yeah, yeah over agonized so like spice is another example like the pot port like these synthetic cannabinoid classes can kill people mm-hmm. uh in fact they regularly do mm-hmm. um it, it, the end because the endocannabinoid system is so important it's arguably the most important system of the body because it literally has receptors in every other system and it's the conductor of the symphony you throw that out it, a balance bad things happen it happened again in france uh fairly recently a few years ago mm-hmm. where i think seven people died in the clinicals um you don't want to play uh, it, 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 you're you're playing with fire when you start messing with the endocannabinoid system um so thcv would be the safe uh version of that our uh, weight loss drug, for example, that that makes it, or we we hope it would be safe. I wonder, like, you run that yeah. clinical trial? Did like all seven people die in the same day? Because once you see a few people dying, don't you just stop? You need seven people to die. You know? Yeah, right. I don't get it. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's crazy. Um, okay, so let's talk about. Um, yeah, the, the THCV is is is, is present in um, 
high amounts in strains like Durban poison tends to be on the the equatorial uh, strains of cannabis. Um, so people have been consuming beyond much higher threshold amounts than what would be the uh, weight loss threshold, which is non psychoactive, for a long time without any without any death. So would Durban poison, if that's high in THCV, it's a good anti munchie strain. People do so people do seem to have their reduced hunger yep. compared yep. to other. Yeah, you can, yeah, it's uh, fairly well documented. Awesome. Yep. Oh, I, yeah, I didn't know that. Um, and so, I mean, is there, there's so many different areas and, and, and possibilities, and I, I remember seeing somewhere that, or hearing you say that, like, even cannabinoids for space travel have been <laughs> explored. What's up with that? Yeah. Uh, that sounds like the idea of a, of a high person, right? <laughs> Except I wasn't high. Um, <laughs> I was in flow. Uh, yeah. Um, I had just been to SpaceX, did the tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone said, you know, the aim was to put people on Mars in, in a decade. And uh, I was like, wow. It's just like, and then I started looking at that, that, that started firing my, I, I'm a, I'm a systems thinker. So I tend to see pattern connections, uh, which is likely due to anonymide. Uh, the, 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 we know that in flow, the lateral thinking capacity vastly accelerates, which and increases, which is driven by anonymide. Um, lateral thinking means the ability to like see further nodes and connect pattern recognition with Between these similar uh, seemingly dissimilar concepts correct yeah. For, further yeah right and so i started I instantly thought of like and when i was a kid i wanted to be an astronaut so like it had space interest and 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 one of the downsides right of well-documented space travel is is bone loss the endocannabinoid system and high amounts of cbd has been demonstrated to to effectively uh, help prevent that. Uh, so even osteoporosis correct. potentially. Yeah, if you look up, if you, there's 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 a fair amount of uh, good data on on uh, and, and and CBG as well uh, when it re- relates to bone health. Uh, so that would be very useful, right, for mm-hmm. for space travel. So all of a sudden, space is not that far away in reality, and uh, there's really no better method to protect the body from oxidative stress. Then the endocannabinoid system, space has a high amount of oxidative events, as well as other issues, which if you feed the system that regulates the system for balance, uh, will help them substantially. So we, uh, we generated that patent for cannabinoid therapeutics for space travel. Um, patent law is not applicable in space, but it, <laughs> yeah, but hopefully not, uh, but, but it is on, uh, uh, for, for where, where people take off. And in fact, um, this company called uh, Space Tango. They just sent cannabis plants into space. So we have cannabis growing in the space station, and they're looking at epigenetic drift in space. Uh, if you're going to bring a plant to space, there's no better plant than cannabis, right? From a fiber perspective, you can make clothing that's, uh, you can make plastics that are six times stronger than steel. We've figured out the scalable methods to make supercapacitor batteries to actually run the space rockets. Uh, off of hemp and uh, if all else fails you, you can ponder the meaning of meaning the of life while you're <laughs> in space yeah exactly is there any application that you're most excited about since there seem to be so many hard to say uh what, what gets me up every morning is is getting the feedback we call it the ripple report with a team of how many lives we've changed uh positively um 
and 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 so many people come to us and they say I tried CBD it did nothing it's because they they, they got nowhere near the 500 milligram amount right with the bioavailability uh and they go oh my god I, like this is what it actually feels like and it's and it, it profoundly changes lives um and so that that alone just that lights my fire uh, I am really excited on the supercapacitors as well and the uh because the implications of having a scalable graphene um are massive uh can solve the grid issue we can have electric jets cars cell phones our, our goal, we're a benefit corporation um our end game is abundance and uplifting all life and creating regenerative solutions um and that one we were actually accepted in creta with lawrence livermore berkeley labs the national labs mm-hmm. uh they looked at our 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 patents got super excited and said, yeah, we'd like to accelerate it. They believe they can get us to commercial scale in eight months. Um, That's awesome. So that will, I dream of the day where you can 3D print your 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 battery replacement from the cloud. Uh, it'd be fun. That would be very fun. And, and it's actually closer than, than we think. That, yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. My dad actually used to work at Lawrence Livermore oh, really? back in the day. Yeah. yeah, it's the highest... I think it's the highest or second highest concentration of Nobel laureates on the planet. It's, huh. it's a lot of <laughs> uh, brain trust there. Well, yeah. No, I've I visited uh, before, and uh, yeah, it's a cool place. Um, what about um, – so we've talked a lot about, you know, the uh, cannabinoids, terpenes. Are there any other adaptogens or herbs or chemicals of interest that – that pique your interest that you think are, are powerful that may not have as much um, press or attention because, uh, I mean, for whatever reason, are there other things that you're excited about that you think might be um, uh, somewhat overlooked? Yeah, I think curcumin's one of them. Um, curcuminoids, I mean, the, the, the they're strikingly, they likely are acting on the endocannabinoid system. Um, no, no other plant works as well for nourishing the endocannabinoid system than cannabis. Um, but then is added together, uh, curcuminoids, I think there's, we, we have, there's a lot to explore there. Cur- what's fascinating with turmeric and is which, which produces the curcuminoids. Um, when you eat curcumin, the body will metabolize it into Delta nine tetrahydra curcuminol. And so that's another instance of Delta nine THC. Which I think is fascinating. Hmm. Um, very similar comp- molecular compounds, not not in terms of psychedelic, but uh, uh, I think that's of warrants further exp- exploration and on how they work together. Um, pregnenolone. Uh, uh, it wasn't looked at substantially. It was a fair amount, but the patents have all expired on pregnenolone. So what we did with our IP is we basically revamped the use of, of pregnenolone for patent what's the legal status of, of that it's, it's just it's a, a supplement or yeah, it's a, yeah and it's it's a neurosteroid it's it's derived from yams um wild yams uh it's it, it's it's legally a supplement uh it's, gotcha. it's well documented you don't want to I, i'm of the opinion that that you don't want to be taking neurosteroids on a regular basis it's just something you would cycle uh, your brain would just get too jacked. Well, it's, it's like like, <laughs> like not that kind of steroid. It does, well, uh, it, it's a neurosteroid. I mean, it, if you take the antidote when you're don't need the as an antidote, you want to go like uh, lift stuff. <laughs> like you get a surge of energy for sure. Huh. Um, and as we age, we produce less pregnenolone. So uh, 
and it'd be interesting to look at the pregnenolone production drop if you have a healthy endocannabinoid system. It may not because the endocannabinoid system is regulating the endocrine system. But um, we were we were sponsoring this neuroscience conference for autism, and uh, this researcher there was my VP of his dev. He was he was a free agent for the NFL. Big dude, three hundred ten pounds right now, six uh, six. Um, so he, he's people approach him and they're like, oh, and this guy came up to me. He's like, what, what sports did you play? He's like, Oh, I played football. And then he's like, actually, Chris was like, we just got the patent issued on what's the antidote, but we believe there's applications for, for TBIs, uh, and, and football. And, and he's, and the guy said, well, what is it? And he says, well, it's pregnenolone with cannabinoids. Uh, mm-hmm. and his jaw dropped and he's like pregnenolone. He's like, no one's talking about pregnenolone cause you can't patent it. But now we've just revamped it because mm-hmm. when you add cannabinoids, right? Uh, in encapsulation, but he goes, I'm studying that it's, he's a Stanford researcher and he's actually studying it right now for concussion protocol for NFL. So that, that there's a lot of applications and uses there. I'm excited about, I think the combination, because when, when you, when you combine it with a healthy endocannabinoid system, now you're feeding the system that's regulating the system that the pregnenolone is acting on. And since we have had in the past, since the 40s through prohibition, we've had this this decrease of functionality of the endocannabinoid system through de- artificial nutrient de- depletion from cutting the cannabinoids out of the diet. So seeing how those compounds work once the system's online is going to be fascinating. Interesting. And then just, you know, continuing that thought process, like other any other kind of, uh, you know, biohacks or things that you think uh, you found in, in your practice or through, you know, your friends or extended team that you think is uh, is something good to incorporate? You know, I mean, you hear people using like infrared saunas or, you know, avoiding blue light or, or any of these kinds of things. Yeah, I, I think infrared saunas are awesome, um, particularly in like the recovery phase from flow, right? Getting into that, that site, re- focus, learning that like you can use biology it can either be good or against our quality of life. Uh, and so hacking really is just promoting biology in, in a positive direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so infrared for flow recovery stage, um, taking CBD baths is, uh, incredible. Tell me um, about that. So with our, uh, solubilized formulation, you can, it's homogenous in the bath and, and uh, it it it's actually this woman named Amanda Demi, who was was uh, Ted Demi's, who directed the movie Blow, uh, his widow. Um, she's a friend, and and she called me one day and was like, "Will, can I can I bathe in the CBD?" And I was like, "Yeah, it sounds awesome." <laughs> <laughs> Tell me how it goes. Tell me exactly, <laughs> right? And uh, I was meeting her for sushi, and she was glowing. And this is our coconut oil, actually. So this is mm. dermal, not not transdermal, just fat. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had a glow, like a notable glow. And I was mm-hmm. like, hey, and she's like, yeah, it's just, I did it. I love it. It's incredible. And then, um, anyway, so that, that happened. And then some, a famous family walked in, went, came up and they're like, Amanda, you look amazing. And then she's like, yeah, it's cause I bathed in the coconut oil. That's a nice so plug. <laughs> well, actually, funnily enough, you look at, in all the air ones in the area, there's a spike in continuous. It hasn't dropped of, 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 of of the coconut oil sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so basically there's a whole, we've had other people reach out. The whole you, you supply to Air One, right? Yeah, we power their uh, their elixirs and all their CBD beverages, and we were the first CBD in Air One. Um, 
but yeah, uh, so that there's a, there's a whole kind of circuit of, of CBD bathing, but then that led me to try the elixir and then that works combining the two is next level. It's like a deep tissue, st- uh, massage on steroids. Um, and, and, and there's something that happens. There's a mechanism when you flood every cannabinoid receptor dermally and just have your whole body, uh, uh, absorbing it, uh, which changes the game for recovery. Um, and so I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast in a CBD bath. And then I thought, shit, imagine a float tank with cannabinoids, whether it's water. So water, so if we do this, our tech applies to THC as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, when we open that up, uh, you can have, uh, 0.3 milligrams dermally, uh, you're completely inebriated. Uh, so you can do THC baths where in a minute you're blasted off. Uh, people need to be careful there, but, um, (laughs) uh, anyways, um, so that that led to, to us developing the IP for cannabinoid infused uh, submersible chambers for soaking. Um, so that's a whole, that's another hack that 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 really changes the game. And so and and why why not uh, make any THC products currently? Um, right now, just we've got so much IP and uh, just out of fiduciary duty. Uh, just because it's not federally legal. Correct. Sure. Um, although that's moving along fantastically Uh, we had attorney general Barr say he's for prohibition but considering that's not going to happen uh he supports the states act Hmm. uh that was exciting to see it's great um you know it's fascinating the cannabis plant brings together both the left and the right unlike any other issue really like you you, you where else would you see mitch mcconnell and chuck schumer smiling on together the same page, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and what's fascinating is 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 is, is uh ne- there's 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 data showing that that cbd increases neurogenesis in the corpus callosum mm. which bridges the two hemispheres mm-hmm. and so like on an internal level you see it bridging the, the hemispheres and, and now right, we yeah. see it on a, on a geopolitical level that's that's super interesting yeah. and um what do you make of the recent decriminalization of, of uh, psilocybin in Denver and Oakland? I love it, right? I mean, it, it's um, the data. So what? We've got psilocybin in, in stage three clinicals. I'm a big supporter of MAPS and, and Rick, and, uh, but, but stage three clinicals, right? FDA of psilocybin, that, that, that's substantial. I mean, we're living in this accelerated. I think we're, we're witnessing uh, a major uh, epoch shift, um, we're on the edge of it, uh, and 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 the, the data there for uh, how psilocybin can help with depression and uh, OCD is is incredible. Um, I think the the decriminalization is 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 the right start. I think people need to be mindful of psychedelics; they're powerful agents of 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 of, of change, um, and so people need to learn how to properly use them. I you know I, I see there's some potential risks there but overall it makes way more sense than um prohibition on any level like that um are you for the um decriminalization of all drugs i am the data portugal demonstrates it's a no-brainer right Mm -hmm. um i think what responsible adults as long as they're uh, they should be able to to do it and it and it takes the 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 money off of uh, the table for the illicit market, um, and, and has seen in, in Portugal drug use dropped when they stopped treating, 
chemical uh, abuse as a as a as a as a, as a crime and, and instead as a imbalance and a disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Gabor Mate's take on addiction is brilliant. Uh, it's fixed action programs. The brain's wanting to maintain homeostasis. Uh, and the data around the endocannabinoid system and substance abuse and, and how it can help is is, is profound uh, and how, it, how how effective it is. But um, yeah, the, in Portugal, what the decriminalized drug use rates dropped, uh, uh, youth usage completely dropped. Um, yeah, it I works. Mean, it's a, I actually it's a pretty they, good experiment. So someone, I think someone from the U.S. just got back from Portugal. And now they're they're talking about it. and then Branson. Uh, support it right by 2025 initiative to to, to decriminalize drugs at globally uh, by 2025 and they posted it on the the UN Drug Council put that up and then someone didn't like it so they pulled it down and then Branson protested and had it on the front page of of, of Virgin for mm-hmm. the, for the week uh, yeah yeah I think it's a, it's a, it's a necessary uh, evolution or fixing of a de-evolution potentially yeah the progress in yeah exactly one form or another yeah yep yeah that that makes perfect sense and i mean that is the essence of, of uh a lot of people who uh believe in harm reduction as a policy um so yeah i think uh is there anything um that i should have asked you but i haven't yet no, i think we covered <laughs> we, 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 <laughs> we went to space yeah, <laughs> we back did. again in, internal body so okay perfect well it's been a blast yeah thanks so much for joining us really appreciate it yeah thanks for having me awesome thanks